Welcome to Didache, where we are studying to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth so we can worship God in spirit and truth, deepening our knowledge of God, thereby enabling us to deepen our love for God. Here is your host, Justin Peters. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that this finds you and yours doing well, and I want to thank you for joining me. We continue our series as I am interviewing Costi Hinn, Benny Hinn's nephew, Costi's father is Henry Hinn, Benny Hinn's brother, of course, and Costi has been joining us for the last several programs, and we have uh, a couple of three more programs to do, and, and I've, I've been, I've been personally so encouraged by this and so grateful what God has done in his life and continues, uh, is continuing to do in Costi's life and his wife, Christine. Uh, Costi, in our last program, we were talking about how the, the music is a very, very important element of these, these faith healing crusades, whether we're talking about your uncle or, or Todd Bentley or Reinhard Bonnke or, or any, any of these, you know, Hillsong, Bethel, on and on and on. The, the atmosphere, that's one of their favorite words. We need the atmosphere for the presence of God. And it's only when uh, the, the emotions are being engaged that miracles ever seem to happen. And I say that word in quotation mark, quote-unquote, miracles ever seem to happen. But, Constantine, you and I have talked a little bit off the air. And uh, uh, one of the things, I've been to so many of these crusades, and I've noticed that when when the show is over, and I'm always in my wheelchair in the back where all of the sick people are. And the television cameras won't show you this, but in the back are dozens and dozens and dozens of sick people, people in wheelchairs. I've seen people on stretchers, literally on stretchers at Benny Hinn Crusades. I've seen parents holding uh, sick, dying children. I've talked with them. I've talked with one couple who had a little baby who was born without a brain, uh, just had um, basically just a brain stem, uh, no brain in his head, but he's alive, has just had enough brain to keep his heart beating and his uh, lungs breathing is basically all. But, but when, when the show is over, these people leave in the same condition in which they arrived with the exception that now they think that the reason that they have not been healed is it is their fault. It's their fault because of their lack of faith. So now not only do they have their illness with which to deal, now they also have to worry about their own spiritual deficiencies, and it's it's their fault that they are not healed. So uh, as one who's been on the inside of this, Costi, can you kind of uh, take it from there? And, and, and is, is, that a, is that a fair representation of what goes on at these crusades? and people to walk people through what 
maybe they just did or didn't do. And I know there's a bit of an epidemic with that. We have too many people just walking aisles and raising hands and thinking that they're set. But when the local church is involved with evangelism, things end very well. Those services end very well. What I remember time and time again is after these crusade services end, there's no optimism. There's no joy. There's no feeling as though, wow, look at all these people now that are going to go out into the local churches uh, and, and plug in with pastors and serve in ministry and grow with respect to their salvation. It's depressing. It's really depressing. People going across the parking lot with their heads down, children still in the same condition they came. And another thing would be if faith healers were getting up on the platform and prefacing their services, which this does not happen, by saying, you know, hey all, I, I'm excited tonight to pray in faith for you, and we're here to preach the gospel and believe in Christ above all, but uh, we'll certainly pray for anyone who is ailing or who's sick. We have elders here that are here to do that, uh, but it may or may not be the night you get healed, and you may never be healed. God's will isn't always for you to be healed, but number one, that you be saved. And God's will is for you to trust him above all else, no matter what your circumstance. No one does that. That would be crazy. They would be out of business. Right. And so we're not seeing that. The faith healers get up. They say it's God's will. They make sure to take the offering. They make sure to build an atmosphere. They make sure to have people go out and look for people maybe moving or maybe... Uh, you know, already standing there claiming to be healed because they want to get on stage and have Uncle Benny pray for them, but they never were actually healed. Um, so, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's the most heartbreaking thing. I remember time and time again growing up seeing children brought to the back because if you're a, a, a well, at least in, the, in those days, if people were high donors or if they knew somebody on staff or they could get to the back, they would bring them in and Uncle Benny would pray a little prayer and, and and, you know, console them and at times just say, just keep believing God. Lord, the Lord will do it. The Lord will do it. And never, ever once did I see him say, you know, I, I can't guarantee, but if it's the Lord's will, it'll happen. And, you, you know, in his books, it's been documented. I'm not saying anything that no one knows. If you read his books, he actually it fiercely is in opposition to anybody praying if it's the Lord's will. Right. And so... Uh, that's what happens, and that's why you see a lot of deflated Christians that are confused. They're abused sheep, especially if they're truly saved. These are sheep that are being abused by false teachers who are leading them on in false doctrines and false hope. And I, uh, if that's who's listening right now, if there's anybody listening like that, I want you to know that you ought to be encouraged. God sees you and knows you, and he loves you, and his hand's on you, and you're saved. And uh, the moment that you're... Uh, temporary life is over, you will not be wheelchair-bound in eternal life, and you will not be short of breath and experiencing uh, cancer cells in eternal life. And that's the joy we have. That's the best part. It's the hope of heaven. It's not about a temporary life. It's about an eternal life with Christ. So, yeah, that's that's not said at these crusades. And uh, if it is, it's a ploy because shortly they'll go right into uh, teaching this stuff again for gain. Right, right. You know, uh, Kasi, the second Benny Hinn crusade I, I went to was in Dallas, Texas. And as I was getting out of my van, I saw a, a woman helping her, uh, who I found out to be her son, out of a van. And he was in a, a wheelchair. Um, long story short, he's, he's 32 years old. 
and unable to speak. Um, really, she she told me that her son had the mind of an infant. Uh, he had a, a rag around his um, neck uh, because he's constantly drooling on himself. And and uh, I just happened to look at her license tag, and it said New Hampshire. And we were in Dallas, Texas, and oh my. and I said I said, ma'am, uh, did you? Did you drive your son down here from New Hampshire to see Benny Hinn? And she said, oh, yes, we follow Benny Hinn all over the country. Wow. And uh, that is that is something that I will never, ever forget. I mean, I cannot imagine what this poor woman must go through carrying her incapacitated son who can do absolutely nothing for himself and just driving him all over the country, from one Benny Hinn crusade to the next, to the next, to the next, you know, hoping this will be the time, this will be the time, this will be the time, and, and it never is. So, um, yeah, it's my my heart my heart breaks for those people because, and once again, I said earlier, especially if they're true believers, these are God's sheep, these are Christ's lambs, this is His body. And these people are being led astray, and I'm not sure if that family had a home church or if they were, uh, you know, looking for a church, but this is exactly what happens. And false teachers prey upon innocent people. There are the, the people who want their ears tickled. They'll raise these teachers up. The Bible's clear about that. But there are thousands upon thousands, maybe even millions across the world. That may not be an exaggeration. Um, Jesus said in John 10, he has other sheep, he must bring them. I mean, he is gathering his church. And there are so many precious saints that are just in false hope, and no one has ever taught them, no one has ever prayed with them, or empowered them with biblical teaching to know that God is sovereign, that he is watching over them. And I hear stories like that all the time, and to be honest, we've talked to you and I before, we wish we could preach ourselves out of a job, Right. And like Jude, there's a whole lot of other things we'd like to talk about, right. but we have to talk about contending for the faith, because the wolves don't take breaks, and so the shepherds can't either. Yeah. And basically, uh, you know, my prayer and my hope is that ministries like yours, uh, certainly I, I want to be a part of the, the leaders in the body of Christ who get a chance to to be on the front lines with people like that. My prayer and hope is that so many more people will come to know God's priority of salvation for their life and then be encouraged yeah. in the hope that's to come with eternal life. But yeah. yeah, it's, it's why we do what we do, isn't it? It is. It is. And, and you and I have talked, um, the, the deception in the word faith movement, new apostolic reformation. It's so deep that uh, a true child of God not stay there indefinitely. Uh, yes. A, a genuine no. believer can, can get in some error, even serious theological error for a season. But um, but just like you, Casa, you know, uh, God's sheep won't stay there, will not stay there, and, and right. God will bring them out. Um, uh, to kind of wrap up the healing aspect of it, uh, Casa, would talk to us a little bit about Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, because... Uh, you know, I, I don't. I've probably never been to a Benny Hinn crusade, or a Kenneth Copeland meeting, or any of these others, for that matter, in which I don't hear, "By his stripes you were healed," and so therefore we ought to be physically healed. Talk to us a little bit about Isaiah fifty-three. Yeah, Isaiah fifty-three is is 
one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. Um, and actually a lot of Old Testament prophecy is exciting because you can see in certain passages in which uh, prophecy has been fulfilled, and then you might look at the latter half of a verse and it talks about uh, you know, his kingdom to come or he'll rule and reign. And you say, sure, Christ has won victory, but uh, in reference to his millennial kingdom, it's not yet fulfilled. It's coming and will be fulfilled. And it's so important when we look at Isaiah 53, especially verses 4 and 5, to, to take a, a very short line, by a scourging we are healed. And Peter mentioned this too in the New Testament. You know this, and he was clear. Uh, and often we need to look in the New Testament when Old Testament prophecies are quoted, but also look at the evidence. If that was a a all-time promise that immediately occurred after the cross in the temporary world which we reside in, then everybody would be healed immediately. You wouldn't have what you're facing. You wouldn't have cerebral palsy. People wouldn't be in wheelchairs. People would not have cancer. By his stripes or by his scourging, we are healed, certainly. However, we got to look at the salvific significance as well. By his scourging, we are healed. By his stripes, through all that he bore and did, we are guaranteed eternal life. And guess what? In heaven, we're guaranteed healing as well. I like to think of the, uh, the reference to our glorified body that Paul makes in 1 Corinthians 15. And you and I both know this. Are we in our glorified body now? Are we there yet? Right, no, absolutely not. But because of Christ and what he did, because of the promise we have in eternal life, because of his atonement, his accomplishment on the cross and death, you and I have a lot to look forward to in the eternal state and in heaven. And so there are promises that are guaranteed. God always keeps his promises. His word does not fail. It will come true. But I don't know about you, but I I still have to take care of my temple. I've got to watch what I eat. I don't know what my glorified body will be like or what yours will be like, but you won't be on crutches, and I won't have a pain in my left shoulder and and my lower back from playing sports or anything like that. It'll be perfect. And so there's there's hard evidence both in the salvific sense in which we're guaranteed salvation. That's such a huge truth we need to realize. And two, there are eternal promises that we are not even yet experiencing, and that's the jewel of heaven. So... Um, yeah, in every sense, does God heal today? Yes. Right. And was there healing in the atonement? Absolutely. But the overarching promise that it's forever, that it's complete and done, and you're going to live in it now, uh, that's, we can't give people that hope for the temporal. We have to understand that this is an eternal significant promise. Uh, and then also understand that that is a highly salvific chapter. So it's pretty eisegetical to just take it and then run around, get on a platform and say, by his stripes you're healed. Stop living in sickness. Stop accepting less than God's best for you. And you know Osteen's made a career out of telling people, you're of good stock. You're a child of the Most High God. Don't accept sickness. Don't accept mediocrity. You will get the promotion. By his stripes you're healed, so you won't be sick live in perfect health, and none of it makes sense because it's not reality for people. So then what do they say? Oh, you don't have enough faith. Oh, you haven't claimed what's already yours. Actually, if you're a true believer, you have claimed what's already yours. You're in Christ, and get ready because heaven is going to be amazing, and there will be no more pain. 
but we're not promised that fully here on earth. Right. Exactly. And it, it's so true. I, I, one of the points I make in my teaching on this is for all these people, whether it's your uncle or whether it's Gloria Copeland or Osteen or Cope, you know, Benny, I mean, uh, Kenneth Copeland, any of them, that is one of their favorite texts by his stripes. You are healed. But when you read that passage when going all the way back to Isaiah 52, the, the whole context is talking about sin, uh, sin, yes. transgression, iniquity. He bore the sins of many. Uh, it, it's not talking about cancer or arthritis. And, um, so you're exactly right. It is a great deal of eisegesis. And and I also like to point out, uh, I've got a picture, Kosti, I don't know if you've seen it, of um, your uncle from 2006. He's standing there with Jesse Duplantis on one side, John Hagee on the other side, and, and your uncle's there in the middle. And I, I point to uh, Benny, and I say, all right, look at the man in the middle. Look at Benny. What does he have on his face? And he's wearing eyeglasses. And I, you know, I, and I say, never trust a faith healer who's wearing eyeglasses. And, uh, you know, he expects people to have enough faith to be healed of cancer, to jump up out of wheelchairs or something like that. And yet he apparently doesn't have enough faith to be healed of a little nearsightedness. You know, it's, and, and his, his, his body's wearing out. You know, I, I mean, I've, you can look at. Uh, Benny, he, he doesn't, he doesn't have his glorified body. I mean, it's, and, and well, unless God grants him repentance, he, he won't, but, um, uh, but he gets sick too, does he not? Uh, what does he, um, what, what is his health like? I've got the picture of him wearing glasses, but does he also, does he seek medical treatment to your knowledge, Costi? Does he have health problems from time to time? Well, I, yeah, it's no secret. Everyone can just Google the news reports of, uh, you know, his issue with his heart. I mean, he was admitted to the hospital. I think all the news reports were saying, you know, it, it wasn't a heart attack, but it was heart issues. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, my, my own, I, I mean, this with a great deal of respect. My own grandmother, we call her Tata, um, my, my uncle's dad, my dad's, uh, my uncle's mom, my dad's mom, my grandmother. She passed away this past year. Uh, just before Mother's Day, on her birthday, she, I, I loved my grandmother, uh, a wonderful woman, a caring woman, and yet the body fades and she passed away, and yeah, I mean, we were never allowed growing up to say we're sick, that was a negative confession, right. I could be sniffling and losing my voice and have swollen tonsils from strep throat, but if I said, you know, mom, I, I don't feel good. I'm, I'm sick. I need to stay home from school. Um, yeah, I'd quickly, don't speak that. Don't speak that over yourself. Or, you know, there's times where I would say, wow, you know, that was an amazing vacation. What great memories. One day, you know, to my father and my mother, you know, one day when you guys are gone, I'll look back on these memories and these will be the moments I cherish. And my dad would say, don't speak that. Well, don't talk about death. Don't talk about death. Don't talk about sickness and death. Mm. Speak life. Speak positivity. And I used to get confused by that, too, and think, number one, we I just went to the doctor. The doctor said I need medication because I'm sick and I've got strep throat. How, in what world are we living in that you, know, <laughs> you see differently? Right. And, you know, second, what what greater hope is there? 
and eternal life. And what greater joy is there? You know, Paul said it. I, I'm, I'm torn, basically. I'll paraphrase, but, you know, and Paul said, I'm between a rock and a hard place uh, to the Philippian church. I, I really, you know, would like to be in heaven, but I got work here to do, so okay. So long as I'm here, I'll do work and be fruitful for your benefit. So right. um, I look at the Apostle Paul as my example of someone who uh, was normal, had ailments, and knew that it was so much better to depart and be with Christ, but to remain on the earth was necessary for the work of the gospel. And, yeah, I mean, I, you know and I both know that it's just silly. It's ridiculous that we have to actually refute those type of things and bring it down to this basic logic of you wear glasses. Um, you, yeah. you get admitted to hospitals like everybody else. You sniffle, you need rest. And again, it's just all uh, kind of like when Gloria Copeland said that they control the weather, but they don't fly in bad weather. That's on your uh, seminar, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yep, yep. Yeah, we we don't fly bad weather. We were flying, in, and and one time we saw you know some bad weather, and now we don't fly in bad weather. But she just finished saying she controls the weather, and right. so does Kenneth. So those are the moments where, if we remember that um, Paul's words to the Corinthian church that Satan is going to come disguised as an angel of light. No wonder you know prophets do, because that's what Satan does. So his false prophets in both him, it's all going to be one big cover, and it'll look good. And we got to remember, Satan's not showing at the foot of our bed with a pitchfork and little red ears and a, and a tail. Right. And false teachers aren't coming out you know, on TBN or wherever and saying, hey, so today I'm going to deceive you, and then I'm going to buy another Bentley. They have these moments, though, where their fruit shows itself, and it's dead fruit, and it's lifeless fruit, and it looks like a waterless cloud, and you see it. That's those moments we're catching when we see them say these things or do these things. We're witnessing a brief glimpse of their falsehood, and then they quickly cover it up, and that's one of the reasons you know these guys can't stand you. You got stuff on video. And you're putting out truth, and then you're slapping Bible on it and going, look what the text says, look what they teach. And essentially, what do you do but know it's false? So we need to be discerning and aware that these small logical conclusions and these evidences that peek out at certain times are the clear clarion call that that's a false teacher. You do not see faithful men have an oops moment with serious doctrines. And right. John MacArthur doesn't come out and accidentally slip up about the Trinity. Right. You know, right. Uh, Dr. Al Mohler doesn't get up at a convention uh, with the Southern Baptist, you know, seminaries all together and accidentally say, uh, well, when Christ died, he was a mere man. Uh, I mean, you know what I mean? They don't do that. Yeah. Sound teachers are sound. And there might be minor splits. You know, we're not talking about baby you know, sprinkling or immersion. We're not talking about whether or not you, know, you should have hymns or a drummer or an electric guitar or a, a laser light show. We're not talking about methodology. We're talking about doctrine. And true sound teachers do not mess that stuff up. And false ones do, and they repent and come back and do it again. And all along, they wear their eyeglasses and they see doctors like everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, they get sick just like everybody else. In fact, uh, Jan, right. Jan Crouch, uh, who is a 
widow of Paul Crouch, founders and presidents of TBN. She died this past May 31st. Uh, May, May had been designated healing month on TBN. That was their emphasis for the whole month, and she died, ironically, on the very last day of healing month on TBN. So they get sick just like the common folks do. Well, Costi, thank you very much, brother, for joining me. Uh, we so appreciate you and, and the time you're spending with us here, and, and I know so many people are being encouraged. And, uh, Costi, we will hold you over for another program or two and uh, look forward to that. Dear friends, thank you very much for joining us. And until our next time together, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Thank you for listening to Didache. We hope that you were encouraged and edified by what you just heard. If you have a question or comment for Justin, or interested in more teaching resources, or would like to have him come and preach at your church or conference, you may contact him at justinpeters.org.